and welcome to the Unaccountable Podcast. I am your moderately charming host, Tyler Otto, and I am joined by attractive by comparison, Jeremy Van Grohl. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, sir. How are you today? You know, it's actually been a good week, but I'm so glad this is a podcast because they can't see the goofy uh, sunglass tan that you're witnessing over here. I like to call it the reverse raccoon. Yeah. No, it's good. Reverse raccoon. Family outings. I am not the best at remembering to apply sunscreen the second time in the day. So I look, you know, this is probably the reason why I'm not closing many sales this week. Right. I'm glad you're having a good week. I said, like, just before this call, it's kind of one of the burn it down days for me. I've had some interesting client interactions overall, but uh, this looking forward to this part all day long. Yeah. No, I think we can all relate to the burn it down days. That's why we have each other to remind us like, but what are you going to go do outside of this, Jeremy? You have to then go work for someone else and they get all oh, yeah. the, the kudos. Yeah. Oh yeah, screw that. No, I said, right. Like I think six months in, I told my wife I'm no longer employable and she's like, ah, oh, you are too. I'm like, no, I don't know if I am because I don't think I would like listen to other people's to do's anymore. You would just burn down their business. I burn down their business instead of mine, right? Well, then let's jump right into game number one this week. And game number one, I got the privilege of preparing this slot. And we're doing a new game this week called Accounting Mashup. Now, Jeremy, I have given you one example already, but for the listener, there are going to be two answers on this game. And the answers mash together. So, for example, the first one would be this big four accounting firm loves watching a daytime soap opera that's been running for over 50 years? The answer, Ernst and Young and the Restless. Right? You got to merge, smash together. Now, Jeremy, I am not going to be so brutal to you as is to expect you to get these all on the spot. We will edit out up to one minute of thinking time. So, listener, you're going to get it in real time. But, Jeremy, you have up to one minute to answer. Are you ready? I am, but I would like to state for the record, I was more of a guiding light type of <laughs> so far. Not a general hospital guy? Not a general hospital guy. Yes. All right. Yeah. Jeremy Van Groll on the clock with one minute. And here's your question. In an accounting software, this is a set of records that shows how a transaction has changed over time for Portland, Oregon's professional basketball team. Oh, man, it's the uh, Audit Trailblazers. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even have to edit anything out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Audit like Trailblazers. Which, Jeremy, would you mind, you know, just explaining why we love the Audit Trail? Oh, we love the Audit Trail because I don't know about you, but in the nonprofit niche, probably 80% of our clients get audited, right? So your Audit Trail, regardless of the software, if it's your accounting software or bill payment, shows like all the things that have changed, who logged in, who did what, who approved what, right? So super important that anytime like, did this go through the proper internal controls? Let's go to the Audit Trail and check it all out. Love it. All right, Jeremy, question two, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. This historic singer of Free Fallen, an American girl, keeps a small amount of money on hand for the purposes of making small payments. Tom Petty Cash. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love me some Tom Petty, first of all. Like, a American gem. Saw him in concert one time with Pearl Jam at, in Milwaukee. Fantastic. And then, yeah, Petty Cash. Super important. You're doing better at this than I thought you would. 
Yeah, I don't think I need the the, the time to think, but I don't know, maybe it gets harder or the time to research. It might. I'm going to be honest, the rest of the questions I've asked you today, I'm going to ask you, they have a lot of a music slant. So we're going to really test Ooh. you here. All right. I'm like, I'm pretty good with music slants, though. All well, right. We'll see. Now, I probably uh, overstated my abilities as I usually do. All right. Question three out of five. Okay. Ready? Oh, this singer fell into a ring of fire when he chose not to use the antithesis of the accrual basis. Johnny Cash basis. Oh, that dang. Burning ring of cash fire. <laughs> which oddly it seems to be what happens with a lot of my clients that are on cash basis which jeremy if we have a new bookkeeper listening like can you really quickly give us the the importance of cash versus accrual like the importance of it or how much i hate it um <laughs> yeah importance of it like cash basis just does not reflect like the core foundation of accounting which is the matching principle right like you need to have revenue coming in. And when you that revenue came in, what are the corresponding expenses? So you can intelligently tell in a business, did I make money over whatever period or project or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So how many of your like percent of clients do you think you have on cash basis? Zero. I tell them that's absolutely nothing, that something we don't do. Wait, oh, yeah. I use a lot of negatives there. We do not do cash basis. I once had a hotel that was adamant that cash basis is fine. And I'm like, okay, why did you, why do you have an expense for your snowplow company that comes in to clear the parking lots in July? <laughs> they were six months behind <laughs> on payments, but they were adamant that was right. No, it's not. Right. And even, even in Utah, I don't think it's snowing in July. <laughs> yes. So but I am right there with you. And especially like you just can't tell like labor needs to be accrued in the right month because you need to know your labor margin in restaurants, hotels. Otherwise, it's your financials are useless. They're garbage. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I mean, it's got like, again, fundamental accounting. Anytime you want insight, you have to go to the accrual basis and do all the things. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, okay. question four, coming in hot. Okay. These singers who came from a land down under calculate this metric, which is current assets minus current liabilities. Current liability is current ratio, quick ratio. Oh, I'm going to fail after I said I was so good. Let me read this one again. Like, I feel like this is a Toto slant with the land down under. No. And it's like, then it go to ACDC, metric current assets minus current liabilities, which would be working capital. I don't know if you I have 35 seconds. Oh, hold on a second. You got 22 seconds. Oh, men at working capital. Men at working capital, you are correct. Land down under, I had that wrong as Toto, because they're Africa. Yeah. You're getting my continents wrong. Yeah, yeah. basically, it, to you, is the whole Southern Hemisphere one one place? Is that what yeah. it is? <laughs> That's right. And they're the ones that it's like summer there, it's winter here. I don't know. Geography's hard. Oh, I respect your effort. Uh, yes, men at working capital. And working capital, current assets, my current liabilities. <laughs> And I'll tell you, a lot of my clients, this is a game changer when I point out that, yes, you have a lot of cash in the bank for your hotel, but a lot of that is advanced deposits, and it's not really your money. And so helping them get to a point where, where that ratio is two to one, three to one, where they have three times as many assets to offset their liabilities, their mortgage, their investors that they have to pay back to on those short-term loans, like 
That's been one of the biggest eye-opening experiences for some of my clients that think they're doing amazing. All right, Jeremy, you got one more last. You are four for four. This one, I think, is the hardest one. But this famous rock band who wrote Stairway to Heaven and Immigrant Song had these non-physical assets on their balance sheets, such as intellectual property or goodwill. Oh, man, I got to read this one. I know we got Led Zeppelin here that has intellectual. There's immigrant song of non-physical assets in the balance sheet, such as intellectual property and goodwill. It would even maybe be the value of their songs. Led Zeppelin tangible assets. Uh, there you go. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. That was pretty good. Intangible assets. I don't know. I. How do you feel about them in current gap accounting? Um, like again, with nonprofits, we don't get a lot of that, right? Like yeah. there's not a lot of acquisitions and there's not a, like donor list or customer lists or a lot of things. Um, one of the few complications that we don't have to deal with, and I'm pretty good with that because I, again, I struggle with that a little bit other than if you are acquiring a business and you're paying more than what the assets are worth, then I get it. But I think yeah. some of the other ones are pretty gray and that I haven't spent a lot of mental energy to understand. I just struggle with it right now, looking at like companies that are worth valuing, like a lot of the softwares we use, they spend all this money to build their software, their programs, but because they're not producing a physical asset, like someone that's making cars and all that labor goes into making an inventory item that now is an asset on the balance sheet yeah. and they're still looking profitable software companies, they look horribly inefficient and, and unprofitable. But really, it's just because you couldn't put all those debits, those expenses in his assets. You had to leave them as expenses on the PL and just lose money all day. And it's the same thing, though, as you're building yeah. a valuable asset, but intangible is just, I don't think we value it well. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, too. Again, not, not something I have a lot of uh, experience with, so I will definitely defer more to your experience on that one. Well, either way, Jeremy, four out of five, fantastic work. Uh, for our first round of accounting mashup, I'm not going to lie. I think you did well. I think this game can come back. I think it can too. And if you keep the musical spin on it, now you like you, you, uh, um, what's the right word? Inspired me to like, Ooh, I could, I could get a little more creative with this. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to game number two then. So one that we really like and that I have the glorious benefit of hosting this time is fast figures. So we got... 10 questions yeah. for Tyler that have a specific number and we're going to see what he can get. This is fast, uh, right off the cuff. Let me make sure I get my list in front of me that I'm looking at the right stuff. Any questions, Tyler? Are you ready to roll? I just want to remind everyone that I don't actually know anything about accounting. I just like to talk about <laughs> the game. So let's set expectations high. Low, sorry. Low. Look, Look, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking golf for a second. This was the perfect segue as the first one is definitely coming down. <laughs> All right. So there, there's going to have some gray area there, but what is the typical depreciation period for computers according to Gap? I want to say five years. All right. What is the maximum number of shareholders allowed for an S corporation in the U.S.? Oh my gosh, uh, I didn't even know there was a limit, 100. You have an unhealthy obsession with Under Armour undergarments. What year was Under Armour founded? Oh, 1997, I don't know. It's, 
I'm just wearing them over my butt. I don't know. <laughs> TMI, TMI. All right. How many digits are in the standard bank routing number? Nine. Pretty confident on that one. I like it. Yeah. All right. You hail from Utah. I do. Famous Utah jazz legend, Carl Malone, holds the record for the most all-star seasons without winning a championship. How many was that? And you asked me, like, what records he hold? He's number two or three all-time on points. Eight. I go eight. How many sections are there in the statement of cash flows? Three. Three. Okay, now we're getting a little specific to some niches. Hotels are rated based on a star-based system. What's the highest number of stars that can be awarded? Five by Forbes. I've worked at one. All right. According to Forbes Travel Guide in 2023, how many five-star hotels are there in the U.S.? 127. All right, here's the softball. The largest accounting firms are commonly referred to as the big... Well, now they're big four. What were they before? Pre-crash. Well, we'll get back to that. Well, we'll get back to that. All right. Uh, last one. Your firm recently added preparing tax returns for the 2022 filing year, right? What is the tax rate percent and highest AGI for the lowest federal income tax bracket? 10%. And then what's the AGI that you can have the most? 25 grand. Okay. All right. I think you're pretty good here. Let's Let's debrief. All right, so first question was, typical depreciation period for computers. You said five years. Five years. Nice, good one. All right, also, the next one. But I feel like, like to unpack that one, I feel like the typical useful life, too, is all sorts of gray. Like It is. I mean, there's there's publication. I think that's, what, at 129? I've got it in my notes somewhere. But there's a, there's a publication that basically says, like, all of these are true, and then if none of them are true, then it's seven years. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And again, I'm not a tax guy, but I feel like, oh, even like depreciated computers over five years seems long. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I feel like mine's garbage after three. All right. Next one. The maximum number of shareholders allowed in an S corporation in the U.S. I said 100. 100. Good call. Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. I think I might've gotten that one. I don't know for sure, but all right. So if you don't know either like S corporation is small or, um, Joint like a small held, I want to say smallly held. That's not a word, Jeremy. Closely held <laughs> business structure or uh business. Are you formed as an S-Corp? Well, no, we're LLC taxes escort. Okay, LLC taxes escort. Okay, I formed that way too. So big fan. Uh next one, Under Armour with your unhealthy obsession of undergarments. What year was it founded? You said 97. The 97, it's 96. That's, I, that, oh, that's pretty good. Like that company came out of nowhere and just like dominated within 10 yeah. years. No, so, fun story about him. He actually had uh, multiple. What's what? his name? What's his name? Uh, the owner, the founder? Oh, never mind. Yeah, the founder. I'm going to oh, remember quick, his name. Quick Googling. Well, hold on. Pause for dramatic effect. Uh, Kevin Plank. Kevin, Kevin Plank. Yeah, was the founder of Under Armour. Yeah, go ahead. So Kevin Plank, he actually started his business as he was hustling around. He had different business cards for himself, depending on who he was there. So he was the sales agent to some people. He was the business owner. He was the procurement specialist. Like mm -hmm. I don't remember what all the cards were. He had different ones to make the company look bigger than it was when he was out either selling on the phone or doing consults or delivering goods or negotiating. He had different business cards for each one. Oh, I can't imagine like... 
I do not have the memory capacity to be like, who am I to this person? Yeah. I would screw that up. Something awful. All right. So like that's, I, I think I'm gonna give you that one. That one's hard and you got a super close. So I think we're three for three so far. Standard digits in a, our bank routing number, nine, right on the stop nine. Easy uh, peasy. Yeah, easy peasy. I think like if they could somehow standardize the account number, like I don't care how many digits it is, pick a number, 12, 20, I don't care, but sometimes you get like six and I feel like it's wrong. Yeah. Sometimes you get like 15 and I feel like it's wrong. Especially, no offense, I love you, Relay Bank. I do, but all your new account numbers have way too many zeros in the middle. Oh. They're all like seven zeros and you get lost midway through. Oh man, like standardize that, please. Come on. All right, Utah legend, or jazz legend, Carl Malone holds the record for most all-star seasons without championship. You said eight. I did. Yep. Answer is 14. Oh, wow, that's way off. Yeah, he's around Same forever. I just, I just remember like maybe I'm aging myself here, but like the Bulls jazz finals and like things that they played each other so many times, they were good times, like watching him just battle with Stockton against Jordan and Pippen and all the guys. Good stuff. Brutal. All right. How many sections are there in the cash statement of cash flows? Three. Can you name them? No, I cannot. <laughs> okay. Here. I'm going to see if I can. I did not write this down, but I believe it's operating, financing, investing. Maybe those last right. were in the wrong order. I was yeah. going to say operating, but I had no basis on what the other two were. Yeah. And that's one of like you being the KPI king. That's one of the KPIs I give to the nonprofits is like, fine, you need positive operating cash flow. Like, let's look at that number all the time. You can do all sorts of other things with the other ones, but if you can't raise cash and be positive from normal operations, whether it's services, donations, whatever, you got problems and we need to address that. Completely agree. Hotels are rated on a star-based system. I gave you the answer that you were correct after that. Five stars. Yeah. Correct. Okay. According to Forbes Travel Guide 2023, how many are there in the U.S.? Do you remember your guess? Well, I said 127, I think. 127. It's actually 184. Okay. All right. Bonus. But in my defense, that number yeah. goes up and down every year. Oh, yeah. Like 22 was like 300 and something. Yeah. I think they had, and that was 184. All right. Chance for extra credit. Bonus question. Hit me. There are six of those in Utah. How many of those can you name? Okay. So and you are in the hotel industry and like, yeah. This, yeah. So right. Montage Deer Valley. Uh, yep. Yeah. That's on there. I should be checking. Stein Erickson. Stein Erickson. Yeah. That's two. Good job. Stein. Yeah. The Grand America. The Grand Spa at the Grand America. Yep. Okay. okay. Oh, the spas are in there too. Then it would also be the Stein Erickson spas in there. They're the only five star spa yeah. in the city. Yeah. And then Deer Valley Lodge. Did they get it? Don't think that's one of them. I'm impressed already. That's four. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Sundance might have one, but no, I, I don't know now. I think the ones you missed were the Lodge at Blue Sky. Okay. okay. Auburn Green. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw that up in Park City. And the Edge Spa in Park City. Uh, yeah, I would not have known. The, the, yeah. the Lodge, yeah. I didn't yeah. know they got theirs. Yeah, that's, that's four for six. So that's pretty good. Hey, yeah. as I said, I know hotels, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Large accounting firms are commonly referred to as the big four. Four. All right. Can you name them? Yeah. Ernst & Young, KPMG, Deloitte, and PwC. Nice. I probably would not have gotten that. Are any of those you like? 
Do we, do we like these? I don't know. I, I don't like know if we like any of them. I've been audited by PwC a couple times and, you know, the auditors I work with are nice enough, but they were all 23 year olds straight out of school that I was teaching them how to do their job. Yes. Thank you. Oh my God. Like here's our newest greenest person possible. Let's get them to do all the legwork on this accounting that they know nothing about accounting. Yeah. They, they held my life in their hands to say I did a good job. But yeah, I had to teach them how to do it and then say, this is why it's right. Yeah, I don't know if we like any of them, but all right, well, they have nice people there. Yeah, yeah, usually we have nice people. All right, last one was taxes. So the lowest tax bracket and both the percent and the highest amount of AGI or adjusted gross income that you can get. So your answers were? 10% and 25K. Yep. So it is 10%, but it's actually 11,000 if single or 22,000 if joint. 22. So, okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I, like right. I think like, like I'm giving you the 96 for that one. That one's right. Malone was off. I mean, Forbes travel guide one. There's no way you were going to get that one. Like I felt you were ballpark. Hey, still. I feel like that's like eight or nine out of 10 here. That's pretty good. And I, I, I think I'm going to give you the nine because you got four out of the six five-star hotels in Utah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm giving you nine out of 10 because you almost got Led Zeppelin tangible assets. You were this close. So there's only five. So I got four. I got 4.5 out of five. Yeah, but that's All nine right. out of 10 because yeah. there were two answers on each oh. one. So we are, we are both overly generous. Well, you know what, then? It is time for halftime. All right. Okay. <laughs> so this week, it's time for a snack, right? Halftime, we all get our orange slices, but we also need to take a bite out of another app. Time for an app snack. And Jeremy, this week we have chosen Reach Reporting. Now, if I recall, I was the one that evangelized to you about Reach, and you are a recent convert. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. Much like everything else in my success is riding coattails of smart people like yourselves or other people that shall remain nameless temporarily. But yeah, we just just started with this a few months ago and really at the point where I think this closing that we're comfortable enough with it that we're going to actually roll out our financials for a few of our clients in that format or with the tool. What do you like or dislike about it? Like give us some pros and cons. First of all, the just like the overall appearance of them, it looks modern, right? Like it doesn't look stuffy, old QuickBooks blocks of junk and things like that, like good fonts, all of that stuff. So I like that piece. I also like that in a lot of their trending things, like first of all, you can use the budget. <laughs> hey, if you have a tool out there, can you work in a budget? Like if you haven't done that yet, you're not our best friend even if we love you. Yeah. Uh, so like that they can have, I think it's kind of an odd, like it's the bars plus the line plus a dotted line that shows like total income and then versus budget and prior year, which if you are a financial professional, those are the three points you want every time because you could have a bad budget and like, but well, what did I do last year? Are they like, those are both really good conversations to keep top of mind. When you get like on the graphs, <laughs> you can have secondary Y axis, So you can have things comparing to each other yeah. because for us it's like yeah revenue was up but revenue per room was down or profit margin was down like we don't care that you increased revenue because you basically made horrible decisions like getting a lot of those things and those visualizations have been huge for us but I also just love like you can build these super customized pretty reports whether it's the visuals or tables that are just super customized 
but every month it's just instantaneous refresh. And not only, you know, just the reporting, but they do dashboards as well that you can give links to your clients and like, hey, just go in at any moment and you can see this data. It's been huge with a lot of our clients. Yeah, I agree. And again, you, I think three times I've said it now, KPI King, like this is where we finally built in KPIs where it's like, hey, what's your cash from operations? What's your month's cash on hand? Other liquidity things, working capital, cash balance, all that stuff that should be top of mind for our clients and something that they should manage towards. So, yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, we can happily talk through like this software is awesome. And I think it absolutely deserves a demo from anyone on here that has a client that wants like advisory services and you want to do a lot of work up front and then not a lot of work in the future because you've already built the reports, built the stuff, made it easy for you to identify things. So like, we'll talk this up. I would say there's only two downsides. Like it's not good pricing when it comes to just one-offs. It makes great pricing sense for firms like ours where we have 10, 15, 20, 30 people on it. So all of a sudden the cost per client comes down into the 30s, 40s or something. Whereas if you're doing a one-off, it's like 500 bucks. I'd have to go back and we, I probably should have researched that to make sure it's the same as when I started with them because I can't do it. But like the pricing is a little rough for a one-off. But if you've got a firm, you want to go all in on it, I think absolutely go that direction. And the only thing I'll add that's a little bit of a downfall, and I've asked them about this, is getting detail in there, like revenue per customer reports, right? Or profitability by customer. They can't even get you an AR ledger. And it's something to do with their agreement with QuickBooks and just getting those API pulls down to the detailed level is super difficult for them and they can't exceed blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But there's this whole thing that basically they're limited at the moment, which for firms like us, I love tracking my own firm on profitability by customer. I would love to be able to do it in a software like theirs, but they just can't yet. Yeah, I agree. And I think that first point is huge too. Like it is not like it's Excel based too, which is nice if you're a spreadsheet nerd, like we are, but it's also like, there is a, I don't say a super steep learning curve, but there's a learning curve, right? Like you need to know the tool and get things in there. You know, this better. Like I had our operations manager build out most of our stuff and was just, just talking through it um, and changes and quality controlling things. Whereas I think you, you were in the weeds with building out your stuff way more than I was. Yeah. No, but it's been awesome for us. So we'll include a link in the show notes because we have a referral link for them, Jeremy. Hey, <laughs> hey look uh, at this. <laughs> I know. We're going to have $2 tomorrow. I know. Yeah, we'll buy half of a drink and just one drink. Just one each. <laughs> two, straw, two straws like at the old soda fountain and we'll drink it together while lovingly staring at each other's eyes. <laughs> that will be this podcast cover art. Ooh, um, <laughs> I like that. Yes. All right. So back out of it. And Jeremy, we're going to jump back into our, our third game, but it's not really a game this week, but we're doing in the news because okay. I feel like there's been enough relevant things that I need to talk about. I'm going to take this one first because I was yeah. super intrigued by a Wall Street Journal article that came out just yesterday, basically talking about the accountant shortage having an impact now on even financial statements being released for large public companies. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for us to say we're sitting in the weeds here in these smaller firms and, you know, doesn't we aren't going to get impacted. But I think everyone, even in these small bookkeeping firms, the day is coming where it's going to get harder and higher to find talent that is experienced. Like we're going to be training people that went to school for things completely outside of it. I mean, my business partner went for sports, uh, sports writing, and we have like employees that went for like English degrees and other things that. This is this is what's happening is it's hard to find people that went to school for this and have the experience. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, this is an overall trend, right? And we see it both in the audit partners that we have, right? And we talked about that, how you have fresh people right out of college. That's their like seasoned team that are coming in auditing your books, but also on the hiring side, like just like overall financial professionals are hard to find right now. And it's good that we have these articles that talk about it because, you know, you get those clients that are like, what, you're going to give me that fee? And be like, I need to hire people that are competent to do your books. This is getting harder. Hey, here's proof, right? Like, I like anytime I see one of these articles and I'm going to take one and this one and forward it, I send it right to our sales manager and be like, use this. Like when they say it's too high, like we're trying to find qualified people, not Joe Schmo off the, the, the street to be able to work with your finances. So. Yeah, it's no, tough. I think this should be the front page of my website, just so before anyone yeah. gets a consultation for me, it's like, hey, there is an accountant shortage, like be happy we're the ones that are still here and we do a damn good job, but yeah. it's not like they grow on trees, we train them, we build them, we, we make good accountants and bookkeepers. Right, yeah, yeah, and it's in the training and all the skills, right? So let me, can I segue now from that? Yeah, hit me. Along the same way. So one other article that I saw out here and I heard the other day is, if you heard this, the, the Bank of America just got this huge fine. I think it was like $100 million because they were charging all sorts of duplicate junk fees to their clients, both like overdraft fees were done twice, like withheld credit card rewards, opened accounts without consent. So like, I know Wells Fargo had that huge scandal years ago. Yeah, this is deja vu. Yeah. And now Bank of America got the same thing, more or less. I think it looks like it's a little bit smaller of a scale, but like just right there, talk about how important it is to have a good bookkeeper or accountant on your books, right? Like, hey, this charge went through twice. We may want to question that. Was it valid? Go. Well, I mean, just even creating excess accounts, like how do people not notice this? How, How, if you have someone doing the books for your business, I mean, maybe this is all personal accounts, but I can't believe that because the money's in business accounts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, but do you have it like we have some banks where it's like they have to turn on or the admin of the, the account needs to turn on what accounts you can see too. So I don't know if like they just were withholding it from the administrative view of here's all your accounts and they didn't turn them on or whatever. It's probably a million different what ifs or like hows that could have been done, but man, that's just like, it's awful. And like when the whole banking, the small or mid-sized banks were failing, right? These are the banks they go to, right? Like everybody pulls their money out of the other ones because of the bank run and like put it in these big businesses. But then you're like, hear these things. And like, can you trust them either? Well, it's hard, especially with like, what was it? hundred? I, I saw the article you sent me, but it was partly because they were doing fees as well on the customers. But how often do some of our clients they see a $30 fee. We ask them like, I don't even know it's 30 bucks. Like, Oh yeah. Let's figure out something else. And so these things go unnoticed just because we have no understanding what it is. The client doesn't really want to call and fight it. And it's not worth anyone's time to figure out what that 30 bucks is because an hour on the phone to figure it out pretty much ate that up in labor. Yeah. Which is true, right? Like you have that cost benefit analysis every time you make one of these decisions. And I've done that, but it sucks that you need to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, there should be better controls in place there. Yeah. Jeremy, that is in the news for this week. And luckily, we have time for one more game before we got to close this out. And yeah. you get to be today's contestant. Oh, okay. So today we are playing 50-50. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to read off 10 items for you. 
And you have to tell me it's it's a 50-50 shot of you getting it right. Okay. All right. Like these it's odds. either every answer is the name of a legitimate top 100 accounting firm or the legitimate name of a band on Spotify. Oh, I was hoping. You just have to tell me, is it a band or is it a firm? Firm or band? And questions on the clock starts now. Yeah. Malden and Jenkins. Oh, God. It's going to be like lawyer and firms, too. I'm going to go with firm. All right. Emerson and Lake. And Palmer. Oh, that's Emerson, great. Lake, and Palmer. Yeah, band. Know that one. Yeah. Seals and Crocs. I want to say that's a band, too. Yeah, I'm going to go band. Going with it? Yep. Witham, Smith, and Brown. Smith and Brown. I'm going to go firm. Can't have three names. Hill, Barth, and King. Firm. Everly Brothers. Oh, band. Yes, dear, dear to my heart. Baker Newman Noise. Baker Newman Noise. It's like Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, I'm gonna go band. Noise. Uh, Peter and Gordon. Peter and Gordon sounds like a hippie band. Band. Plant Moran. Wait, say that one one more time. Plant Moran. Plant Moran. Oh, firm. That sounds boring. Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips is banned. Hold on, baby. All right. There's your 10, Jeremy. How, how do you feel after that? I feel like not 90%. I feel like 60 or 70%, maybe. I feel. All right. Well, let's run through it. Yeah. So first we have Malden and Jenkins. Mm -hmm. That is firm number 69 in the top 100, according to InsidePublicAccounting.com. Okay. Nice. Congrats to them. Yeah. Number two, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. You were very adamant it was a band. Yep, band. With the song From the Beginning with 29 million listens on Spotify. Good work. Yes. Next up, Seals and Crofts. Do you remember what you said? Band. I can picture right. the band. I think. What? I think I could picture the band on my, like, XM or something. Do you remember what song it is you've heard? 184 no. million listens. No. Summer Breeze. Oh, commercial was it like gap or something that had that commercial for a while or yeah so good could have been next up number four with them smith and brown you said firm that is the number 22 accounting firm in the u.s Ooh. out of princeton new jersey and potentially a law firm no <laughs> hill barth and king i had to go firm on that one you went firm that is number 48 here in the u.s okay you're doing pretty, you're, you're five for five so far. Yeah. Number right. six, I went easy on you, the Everly Brothers. You are correct. Yep. Uh, with the hit song. Do you have Un it? Unchained Melody. You've lost that loving feeling. Are their biggest two, right? No, it's the Righteous Brothers is you've lost that loving feeling. Oh, yeah. Feeling. I'm thinking the wrong brothers. I'm really, no, I got nothing there on that one. But I can know that I can picture the, the song or the band. The Everly Brothers are all I have to do is dream. Oh, yeah. Dream, dream, dream. Yep. And I'm sorry for all you listeners that have to listen to me sing. <laughs> were there any accounting firms that were brothers? Well, unless we're going to do this again, that were like the the accounting brothers? There were, but not in the top 100. Okay. All right. So, and I wanted to keep it top 100, but I figured yeah. I'd throw one for you. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Number seven was Baker Newman Noise. You said band? I got noise in it. No? Yeah, N-O-Y-E-S. Noise is in a name. 
That is firm number 86. 86 noise. All right. Peter and Gordon. Sounds like a hippie band. Sounds like, yeah. Like Cat Steve. You want to change your answer? No, I'm sticking with it. Peter and Gordon is a band. So they actually were the first performers of the Beatles song, A World Without Love. Paul McCartney wrote it for them. They were the original performers. And then when the Beatles hit big, the Beatles took that song back. Hmm. All right, yeah. Were they hippies? Can we, can we confirm or deny? I cannot confirm or deny. All right, fine. Number nine, Plant Moran, Firm. Number 14 out of the U.S., out of Michigan. Yeah, that one I thought I heard of. And number 10, Wilson Phillips. Oh, yeah, hold on, baby. <laughs> Good work. Jeremy, nine out of 10. You did better than I thought you would. Yeah, and like, we're going to have to start talking ourselves up a little more in the beginning of this episode. No, keep that bar low. That's how we, that's how we yeah. found our wives. That's how we convinced our employees to work for us. Like, we just kept that bar low. Yeah, you're right. As usual, Tyler, you're right. <laughs> All right. Well, we end of the show. Jeremy, I think you won between you and I. But really, I think we have one winner and one loser. Okay, let's hear it. Well, first of all, let's start with the losers of the week. There is a nice little article there on CFOdive.com that big four accounting firms had to cut, KPMG alone had to cut 1,900 accounts, which blows my mind when we're reading the CNN articles or the Wall Street Journal articles about they can't find accountants, but then they're cutting 1,900 jobs at the same time. Yeah, It feels like they say they can't find staff and yet they're getting rid of staff. How do we reconcile this? Because we like to reconcile things. Yeah, I don't know, man. And like, are these the ones that do like the tally counting at the Oscars for credibility <laughs> or something that they're not involved with financial firms? <laughs> like, like I said, if you are at these big four accounts and you know nonprofits, call me, call me. <laughs> like, let's go, right? Wow, that's weird. Yeah, and then meanwhile, our winners of the week Really, I'd say it's all of us as CPA practices. Because again, if accountants are hard to find, uh, cpapracticeadvisor.com had an article this week that shows that 80% of businesses that outsource their accounting are likely to refer their accountants to other people. Oh, yeah. 80%, four out of five. Yeah. Which just begs the question, why aren't we asking more of our clients to refer us? Like, do you guys go about that? Do you already ask people? We need to do a better job doing that. Like, I think there's a lot, like a good amount of our clients that are super happy that do it proactively. But I know my good friend, Justin Boynton was like the king of that, that he would just put it out there, right? Like, hey, glad this month is over. This is great. You did a great job. Here's your financials. By the way, we're looking for more chiropractors. Do you know any friends that you could bring over and send our way? So I think we need to do that and be a little more proactive on the referral fund. What do you think with you? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we hired a marketing coordinator. That's the first thing she's working on is our referral program. Not only like giving our clients the resources and everything they need to refer us, like here's a template for an intro email to send between us and them, like make it as frictionless as possible. But then even the kickbacks, formalizing what the kickbacks are to those clients that refer us out. Okay. We're going to talk about what the kickbacks are because I'm interested in that. We need to just, just level set so that I'm doing something okay. First okay thing I did all day. <laughs> well jeremy pleasure meeting with you again this week congratulations i feel like you put on your all-star level effort this week so only downhill from here for you that's right this is where i've peaked 
That's it. <laughs> you as well, man. You did awesome. Like, like all the questions on the fast figures. Well done. Yeah. Well, I want to do good at least one thing in my life. But for Jeremy and I, we'll see you next week. And it's only going downhill from here. So tune in and uh, watch the train crash. Thank <laughs> you.